I like beer. Here we are. The very first podcast. This is a was a groundbreaking event, really. Worldwide groundbreaking events. Um, two blokes who like to brew a bit of beer, and we're going to try and pass on some learning. Uh, and as usual, probably the best learning's been from the screw-ups, from my perspective anyway. Hi, I'm Tim Lees, or as they call me, Backwardo Brewing, but we are Backshed Brewing. And I'm just going to have a chat here with my fellow brew partner. Uh, can you give us your full name? Yeah, Mick. Or Preek, as I like to call you. <laughs> yeah, Mick. Backshed Brewing name? Uh, Rangatronic. Rangatronic Brewing. Uh, years you've been home brewing? Oh, I don't know. Quite a lot. Yeah. What you start out on? Tins. Extract. Extract tins? Yeah. What are you currently brewing with now? Grain. How old are you? 40. Where'd you grow up? Kalamunda. The hills, I like it. Is that where you met me? <laughs> yeah, you make it sound so romantic. <laughs> How, how did you first get the idea to brew your own beer? Why don't you just keep shelling out all that crap for commercial stuff? Oh, I suppose it was just something I enjoyed doing and just continued doing it. Just got a kit, gave it a go, liked it. I suppose it came out okay, tasting okay, kept trying and uh, just kept progressing from there. Well, I've already given away my name and my Backshed Brewing name. Um, I started on tins with you. Pretty much got into brewing because of you, but and also one of our mates, Bowden, who for years brewed absolute pus, and we all bagged him out for it, but never actually had a crack. So to Bowden, I'm sorry. At least you had a crack and I didn't. But now I'm having a crack, and you're not. So you're soft to Bojangles Brewing. Anyway, um, football side supported? Eagles. And what's the whole point of this podcast? I guess to talk about brewing beer. Are you trying to save people from making the same screw-ups we've made on our journey? Uh, well, you know, yeah, it's always good to learn from other people, but I think there's just some mistakes you got to make. you just got to have a go, and you're not going to be perfect straight off the bat. It's, uh, there's a lot of variables to control and a lot to think about and a lot to learn. So, What's so special about pouring a sweet nectar of the gods that's just got perfect carbonation, clarity, uh, colour, body... Uh, hops in and around your mouth it's the whole package like it's really the holy grail is what i'm talking about what is why is that so appealing for men and and women i think you've just uh answered it in your question haven't you did i just ask a question with an answer and then another question pretty much yeah 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 what's your favorite hops in and around your mouth i bet (laughs) what's what's your favorite part of drinking beer Oh, yeah, sitting around drinking beer, yeah. Uh, what's my favourite part of it? Yeah. Well, when it hits the uh, hits the mouth and goes into your guts, I suppose. What's the most, if you had to pick one aspect of brewing a beer that you could just have 100% every time, that you could have locked in every brew, what would it be? Clarity, body, flavour, carbonation. What's your number one go-to that you've got to have? Well, well-balanced beer is important, I think. Uh, yeah, just to, to make sure that you you get a few things right. But, yeah, look, mate, I, what I like about beer these days is variety. I think variety is the spice of life. So to sit there and say one favourite one, nah, I don't have a problem with uh, being a bit of a 
I suppose, a beer floozy. And, uh, yeah, one week liking one type of beer and another week enjoying another. And uh, I think uh, there's so much beer on the market now. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. I think it's great to be able to walk into a pub and it not being a Carlton United brewery or a Swan Brewery pub and you got a choice of three on the tap, you know. Like, now, if you tried to run one of them, no one would go to your pub. If you could have a party tomorrow night and you could only select one beer that everyone had to drink for the whole night, what would it be? <laughs> oh, it's some kind of pale ale or a... No, be specific. you got to lock something in. Uh, what? Oh, well... One particular brand, can be any cost, doesn't matter. Just what your favourite beer in the world right now. Oh, well... Have to be something easy drinking that everyone would enjoy. If it was is a bit, uh, that's a bit harder than choosing something for myself. It's really not that hard. It's not that hard. Bolter XBA for me. Yeah, well, that is a that's a pretty good beer. I wouldn't complain if I rocked up and they only had that on tap. Stop sitting on the fence. Lock something in. Oh, well, lock something in. Hmm. Uh, uh, oh, well, you've caught me on the spot there. I really got to think about it. Not good enough. I've heard Actually, I've got something. The Colonial Draft. Very like good. I was waiting for you to say that. You do love a good Kolsch. <laughs> um, do you look like Cameron Ling? No. He's a... No, I don't. Do you love Cameron Ling? No. Have you been called Fanta Pants before? Only by you. Now I'm degrading into ranger jokes, aren't I? Yeah. All right. yeah. We'll go now. Welcome to I Like Beer. Alright, here we are. I like beer. Well, I love it in fact. Not so much after the copious amounts of XBAs I had last night, but we're here with the maestro himself, Rangatronic Brewing in, well, the palace of Batshed Brewing, as you would say. He's got a freshly poured slab. The man's been here prepping madly for the last 20 minutes while I've been trying to get this podcast set up. But, uh, I feel like there's going to be some genius created this morning, Michael. You are allowed to speak now. Oh, sorry, mate. Yep. So apparently we're going to go with a Australian pale ale. We haven't determined our recipe yet. We will uh, grab out our malts and see what we've got, but it'll be predominantly a, a, a pale beer, so there shouldn't be too much specialty malts. Just a little bit. We're going to roll with some hops from a hop farm down in the southwest of Australia called Kraken Up. It's quite a hearty hop. Can you talk us through the Kraken Up? Because it's probably not a hop that a lot of brewers are used to hearing about. No, these guys have developed their own hops. So, so what do you mean? Like, never been done before? Yeah, so they've crossbred a couple of hops, basically. They've taken... I believe Chinook and Cascade, which is an American hops, and created what they have gone and renamed Kraken Up Hops. And from what I understand, it's a pretty hardy hop. It goes really good in the climate of the southwest of Australia, uh, which is dry, probably a little bit warm for growing hops. But down further south in the Albany region, where it was developed, is um, is it grows quite well from my understanding. 
And when you get it delivered, uh, Michael, it comes in big black bags and big nuggets, which kind of resemble like uh, in some Mexican narcotic uh, film. But yeah, it um, does. It looks like you've uh, basically received a parcel of uh, yeah uh, <laughs> marijuana. The sticky yicky. The sticky yicky. Uh, I've ordered wet hops off them, so they're frozen, back, and we will be adding those wet hops to the uh, recipe. Now today I've been passionate about trying to push a single malt, single hop, mainly because I'm freaking hopeless, and I stuffed up my last crack at a colch, which I might say was perfect, until it overflowed in the fermenter, because I filled the fermenter. So I'm feeling pretty positive, Mick, in that felt like I did all the processes of the last brew correct. Um, I just kind of fucked it right at the end. <laughs> Look, with brewing beer, cleanliness is key. Uh, if you don't like cleaning things, if cleaning's not your thing, don't don't bother don't bother trying. Uh, that's the main the main mistake people make. You're not clean. You have to be clean. Even in areas where they say it's not as important, it's very good practice to turn around and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to make sure that this is the most important part of my brewing of the beer. So you just clean everything, keep it clean as possible. The less contamination will come through. This is going to surprise a lot of people, but beer doesn't actually have a strong taste. The smallest little bit of foreign material, if you like, inside your beer, you will taste it. So right. that includes a wild yeast or something like that. Yeah, well, I feel like it was a rookie error in overfilling the fermenter. I've done that a little bit with kegs as well, haven't I, man? Anyway, let's set the scene. We've got a 95 litre um, kettle here, brewing the bag system, and um, We've got an awesome little pulley sitting above here in the shed, ready to take that bag out. Going to be uh, mashing for a good, well, probably 80 to 90 minutes today at our temperature of around 67 to 70, and then we're going to boil it for a good hour, get that hot schedule cracking with the cracking up. So there you have it. It's a bit of a Frankenstein system with the coffee urn, uh, 25 to 30 litre coffee urn. That's what we're using for our sparge water. But the STC1000 with the uh, element in the pot regulating our temperature with the gas burner underneath, which is a, a five ring burner. And Michael does love a good ring. Um, and he's got five of them on this burner. And um, yeah, we'll just see how we go. We're about to uh, mill a bit of grain. a very satisfying part of the brew mick isn't it when you're milling the grain having a bit of a nibble on a few kernels yourself just to get the taste the making of the recipe and the milling of the grain is my favorite bit okay. so paint the picture mate because we are on an audio podcast here try and just get a mental picture for our listeners okay we're rolling with an american pale ale with this new hops or this hops that's been developed down the southwest called Kraken Up. 
it's a cross between a Cascade and a Chinook Ox, which is, I, I, as far as I know, is very American. Uh, so it should be, should be good. Uh, the hops is uh, very well suited to grow in the southwest of Western Australia. So it's pretty exciting uh, venturing into new grounds for us. We've got uh, fresh wet hops as well, so not your traditional pellet pelletised hops. So yeah, we haven't done too many brews with the wet hops, have we? No, no. And then we're just basically going to keep it pretty simple. It's going to come out a nice light colour with a little bit of body, not too much. Good. And you know I love my light beers, light coloured beers anyway. Yeah. Not light strength. <laughs> So we're going to go with a bit of caramalt, about 400 grams. That's the darkest malt we're using. Love caramel. As You've well. got me on board with caramel. Uh, excuse me, Michael. We're on a podcast. Over there, please. It's brew day. And then we have a kilo of oats, which will give it a bit of haziness as well, which is, which is nice. Well, and I've been in your ear about these uh, biggie juice. You know I'm an absolute fanatical biggie man at the moment. Yes. Everything else just seems to be taste tasteless. The old, after being the old neighbours. Mate, I tell you what, if someone offers me one biggie at the start of the night and it's locked in, I'm going to be able to drink another one. I just won't drink for the rest of the night. Oh, really? Or I'll knock back that first biggie because you can't go back from a biggie. Okay. Yep, they're not a bad beer. They're so I'm right. excited by the uh, the oats. Okay. He's telling me that we might get a, a hint of bigginess. Not really. I don't think so. I think we we're not we're not going nowhere near a New England IPA. It's gonna oh. be yeah, nowhere near. It's unlike me to get excited over nothing. <laughs> I think uh, with those kind of IPAs, they use a fair bit more of oats, and I think they use a fair bit. Actually, rolled oats and not malted oats. All right, so Almont, Vienna, bit of oats. We're going with the cracker. And then how are we going to mill this? What are we doing right here in front of us now? Well, we're about to mill it, so we got to crush it. How do we mill it? We can see it, but what about the listeners? How do we? How are we doing it here? With this rangatronic setup. Run it through a milling machine. What does that look like, though, Vic? Ah, Google it. It's a tough crowd, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Look, it's probably. 50 centimetres long by 30 centimetres wide, the, the timber board, and you buy that separately. And then the mill itself actually comes in a box only about 10 centimetres uh, wide by 5 centimetres. And when I first got it, I was like, how am I supposed to put this together? But yeah, you use a few uh, little pop rivets or screws, and it, in the end, it turns out to be like the top of a. Um, it's a basically got a, it's got a hopper. It's runs like a funnel, down to a, yeah. a, a, a hopper that runs down to a couple of rollers that just crush the grain. And obviously you, you, you hook those rollers up to a power drill. Yeah, or, or whatever. They can't, it comes with a handle. You can do it by hand. But, uh, Jeez, that'd take a while for six um, hoppers with though, wouldn't it? Uh, it's so not too bad. So what are you using today? We're using a drill. Quarter drill, hammer drill, do you need any type of tool? Well, just a, just a power drill. Whether it's cordless or corded, it doesn't really matter. The more just power, as long the as it spins. Yeah, baby. Now and you, you turn it the right way, don't you? Well, and you don't want the dreaded run.
run out of battery on the cordless and then have to go to the hand crank. Yeah. Although your wrist strength would be significantly um, worked up after your isolation period, so I reckon you'll be <laughs> right with the old hand crank at the moment. But anyway, we'll keep it clean, won't we? Yes. Okay. So, we're going to start milling, are we? Yeah. Oh, Mick's giving me the old slit the throat call. We better, we better stop recording. I like beer, and we've just finished the milling. What a job Backwater's done as well. Um, six hoppers of the finest ale malt Vienna and a bit of Caramunic in there as we discussed. So Miko, it's the waiting game now. We've got this bag of beautiful malt ready to go, but what are we waiting on? The strike temperature to get to 76 degrees. Yep. Yeah, and then good. we put the, the, the bag of malt in there and uh, let it do, do its magic. So the 95 litre Bruna bag system, what are some of the things that'll happen if we don't maintain that 67 for the full hour in the mash? I just told you. Yeah, but that was the video. <laughs> this is the video, this is what the audio. What are you gonna give me warning? This is the audio, just repeat yourself. <laughs> Come on, I thought you were switched on enough. Just go now, tell okay, me. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, homebrewers are going to love this podcast because it, it's rough. <laughs> if you mash it too high, you've got less fermentable sugars and your final gravity reading will, you know, will be too high and you'll, yeah, the beer will be sweet. Well, yeah. A lot of the ones we did early on, we had it too low and we couldn't get enough sugars out of it. Is yeah, that probably mashed it too cold, yeah, so okay. it probably lacked body. So. I love these removal, uh, removal, <laughs> removal blankets from Bunnings. Cheap but effective, eh? With a few hockey straps. Oh, it's to, to keep the uh, the pot to maintain temperature. I yeah, tell just you what, they're effective, in, bud. Wrapped up in blankets, yeah. Probably could do with a few more. Probably could uh, one day do with a bit better system. But at this how do they get all melted on the ends like that? What idiot would have yeah, kept them on during? Someone's the... uh, put the gas fire. What on. an idiot! Whoever that yeah, was. and uh, caught them on fire. Didn't <laughs> think to remove. What them first. a twit that guy is. Yes. Mate, I wouldn't want to be him. Yeah. All right. Um, Alright, so we're playing the waiting game. We're on 51.6, waiting for 76. You know what, Mig? I reckon it's 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, you want a beer? What do we got on tap in there, big fella? Uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Not the Stout. Yeah, it's still got some of that. And we have... It's currently 3 to the Stout, 0 to Lazy. I don't think anyone has conquered the Stout. It's a little bit... It's unconquerable. Nah, nah. You'll wake up rough. Yep. Shout out to Colin Venn. I've walked him <laughs> home twice on the stout. Yeah, shout out to anyone yeah, go who's, on, man. Get, who's drunk. Go on. Or have you got anything lighter for We've for got me uh, that uh, amber, that right, Do- Dusseldorf old beer. Oh, great. Let's have a couple of those. Okay. All Alright, here we go. I like beer, and uh, just for your information, Mick, this is audio only. So we've hit strike temperature of 76. Lazy was supposed to be doing the brew, but you're just taking over again. You're not building capacity in me. 
All I'm doing is uh, putting the bag in the water. You've well, yeah, you could be you could be holding the voice recorder, and I could be you putting the bag it? in. Yeah. Well. Anyway, he's dunking his big sack into the hot water. Big bunter into the 95 litre pot. What you can do, see on that temperature control box, Yeah. if you push the set button and dial it down to 67. Please. So you're throwing a dog a bone, is that what you're doing? Do you have to hold it down at the same time? Hold the set button down? I don't know. I like beer, and we've got a big sack of grain hanging, and it's draining beautifully. Big sack of grain, and we're looking over here. Well, I'm looking, you guys can't look, but you're hearing. There's about 30 litres of boiling water in a coffee urn we picked up for about 95 bucks, so a hot liquor tank doesn't need to necessarily be a brew tank, does it, Mick? Well, no, we got a single... Uh, single vessel systems. It's actually one and a half vessels with the uh, coffee in to um, basically, yeah, just so, so you got a bit of hot water, 20 litres of hot water to sparge with, basically. Just talk us through what you're doing here quickly because. So, just going to pump the water from the. You've uh, got a, what, what is this uh, pump you speak of? Because this was a game changer for us early on in the brew process, wasn't it? Well, yeah, you need the. Uh, Need the pump. What does a magnetic drive pump do? Well, it basically uses a magnet to drive the pump so there's no, you know, Sorry. mechanical bits exposed to the beer. Sorry, I'll reframe my question. Why is a magnetic drive pump so important during the mash? Well, well the pump is to recirculate the mash back around. Was that something we used to do when we first started? No, we didn't, we didn't opt by the pump but it's important especially with stuff this size because yeah reset you know recirculating the, yeah. the the warp back through over the grain yeah to basically wash out all the uh well i actually remember sugars. being down in Margaret river and i met the head brewer of brew house in Margaret river and he self-taught himself on youtube ex um carpenter by trade anyway um oh, what was the point of my bloody story uh, what were we talking about again, Mick? Yeah, the pump. That's right. I go to him, we can't get our original gravity up. What's going on with our mash? And he goes, well, are you recirculating during the mash? And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, there's your problem. <laughs> so I came home and said, Mick, we need to recirculate the mash. And then within about 48 hours, Mick had done all this research and ordered the magnetic drive pump already. So... As soon as we did our first brew with the magnetic drive pump, recirculated the full 60 minutes, checked out OG reading, bang, they were right up there. So, is that what you'd call efficiency? Is that what they mean by grain efficiency during yeah, a mash? So, we're still low efficiency. We probably run about 65% efficiency. How do you work out that percentage? That's why I've always oh, been. I've just got an app. I've got an app that 
helps me out. Oh, so you're just talking out of your ass Bear right Smith, Beer But how Green. do you work out the 65% with the app? Well, you just use the app and, yeah, yeah basically... What do you have to input into the app? the amount of grain you're using and yeah. it'll automatically set it at 75%. And then it was basically giving me... Uh, I was going to get expected a much higher gravity reading with the amount of grain I was using. And then I basically just kept changing the percent <laughs> efficiency on the thing until I got it down to, to where I normally land it. So it's about 65%. So. Okay, so a bit of trial and error. Yeah, well, yeah I, I, didn't make, I don't know what actual uh, yeah. calculation yeah. they use. I'm sure, it wouldn't well, be too hard. But, well, I reckon uh, the hashtag Australia is the beer tastes good. That's probably one way of knowing. Right now, I'm looking at it, and it's looking like a nice, bright yellow nectar of the gods. So you're true to your word. You did not go too dark, Michael. Yes, yeah, yep, yep. Bit of, uh, bit of guesswork there. I'm sick and tired of hearing you say, oh, underestimated the, uh, the, uh, the amount of roast uh, on that mob. Uh, that was on the Irish red, and that's because the recipe I had recommended a certain Well, amount. it was more like an Irish black. And uh, they... And then it wasn't until I noticed that the roast, roasted malt in the recipe had um, half the level of darkness on Admit it. it. So Admit it. You have a problem with roasted malts. I do like my roasted You malt. can't help yourself. Oh, I love it. It's nice. I love that roasty taste. So, so do as I say, not as I do when it comes to the hopper, <laughs> when it comes to the roasted malts. Eh? Mm. You just like to get a little bit carried away. By the way, if I had a ruler out on your sideburns right now, I reckon, I reckon they would go further than seven centimetres. Yeah. And that is a good effort off the side of your melon, eh? Mm. There's no exaggeration in that. Have you also noticed there's a massive cluster of grey hair within that? <laughs> Mr. Silver Fox? Yeah, yeah. Whatever they call you, Gandalf the Grey lately? <laughs> I actually flinched then. I was expecting a little whack to the guts then, but clearly you've grown up, and I haven't. Yeah. Remember back in the day? Hits! Hits! Now, if I punched your um, forearm right now whilst you're holding that hose... You'd probably get hot water in your face. Yeah, so okay, cool. Pretty, pretty hot, about 90 degrees. Hot! I like beer! <laughs> Speaking of which, why haven't you freaking poured us another beer, Mick? No, Not much of a host. No, no, well, I've given you a beer. Oh, no, I've given you a beer to drink when you get home. So I've given Ratsy a Bolter XBA. Mm-hmm. My favourite beer in the world at the moment, so enjoy that one, Ratsy. I will. I'm sure it'll be better than cheat. I like beer. If you're not doing something, yeah, I'll be Now the sparge process has been completed. Now Rangatronic Brewing, can you talk us through this apparatus that looks? kind of like uh, an octopus down here and then there's a thing that is a called a plate chiller now this process uh, Lizzie took a long time to pick up can you just talk us through the plate chiller and the counter flow system the plate chiller is just basically a heat exchanger and so you can drop the temperature of the wort down to fermenting temperature as quickly as possible so it's only about 30 centimeters wide four centimeters um, long and I suppose you connect one end up to the garden hose, smash a lot of cold water through one side, and then the hot water goes through the other. It cools it down as it comes out. 
So theoretically, it should come out into the fermenter at what temperature? Well, you tap temperature. Nice. And cool enough to pitch the yeast, don't you? Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. Or close enough to... If you, if what happens if the, the wort's too hot and you pitch the yeast anyway? Well, if you're doing a lager yeast, it might kill it. It might not work. So, so you just got to like pretty much... It's hard to get the wort down to 12 degrees well, you shock for the lager. Yeast by, um, so you just you probably generally get it a bit below 20 and then just put it in the freezer and then just pitch the yeast in a couple of hours once it drops a bit more temperature. That should be fine. I've never had any trouble with doing that. Yeah, okay. The only other way would be to get a glycol system or something and chill it right down. But or if you like a bloke more money. Perth homebrew share, put it into a hot cube, plastic container, and then drop it into the swimming pool. Oh, yeah, people do that. There's a, there's a whole, down real quick. whole heap of different ways to cool In winter, the, anyway, yeah. Cool the wort, yeah. So um, you didn't really elaborate on your sideburns and the fact that you could probably have Tarzan swinging off them at the moment. Uh, any comment on those burns, mate? Or You just haven't had a haircut in a while, Oh, mate. so you're not making a statement because I feel like you are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, nice. What's happened to your nice little fresh eagle's hat? Are you wearing the one that you're happy to get dirty, are you? Yes. Oh. Do you want to talk us through your new eagle's hat? or? Well, it's just the player's hat that they've oh, okay. got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I bought yeah. it at the game. Yeah, right, nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, and do you support Peel Thunder now, do you, mate? I do. Is that because they're the Dockers' second team? Actually, I don't. It's Closet Dockers support. No, I don't. It's you? just a free <laughs> shirt. I'm still a black duck. Oh, you're a Sony man. Yeah, I am. I'm black ducks. Just forget what I just said then. Anything that's teal and football, I don't know. I like beer, the number one beer podcast in all of the universe, self-proclaimed of course, and we're at a pretty exciting stage of the brew, where we've got these fresh vac bag of cracking up hops, fresh hops from Hops West, down in the Great Southern, and mix over there with the refractometer, which we've been told a refracto is good for original gravity readings but always use a hydro for final gravity we've been told well i always go off the hydro reading basically but refracto is good because it only requires a small sample to have a have a look so what uh, refracto reading have you got there buddy you 1. look 1.050 you so. look pretty happy with that mate so yeah probably finish on about 1.055 something like that so that that's probably going to be perfect so you probably should have gone a bit easier on Backwardo with his amounts of grain because well, it seems like he's got it spot on. I was aiming for 1.050. You did put a little bit too much in there. Isn't that what it is, 050? Yeah, but it's going to finish uh, high. You said that you're aiming for 050. That's what it's hit. And then you're going, oh, you're... Yeah, that's pre-boil. We're going post-boil. Just give me something. I did all okay, right. Okay, you did it right. You did yeah! We've got growth here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so there you have it, an easy hop schedule. And the things I'm starting to pick up from Rangatronic here is that... I like beer. We're back on the best podcast going around for beer lovers anyway. So, Miko, 
We're looking the goods here. About to finish off the Whirlpool. Last hop edition. A real success here. You're hoping for a post-boil gravity of what? 1.050, but it's going to be stronger than that. It'll be about 1.055. So, yeah. Which you're thinking will equate to what in the bottle? Oh, Percentage-wise, we're probably looking up in the 5.5, maybe... High fives, close to six, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Now, have we settled on a name for this one? Because we've been going with a lot of action superstars like Al Pacino and that's just one example. Sylvester Stoutlone was a Stoutlone. And wasn't there a Steven Seagal somewhere? Uh, we don't have a Steven Seagal, but this has got cracking up hops in it, so... Oh, maybe we could come up with one with a bit of cracking up or... Maybe a cracker pale ale. Yeah, cracker pale ale. Just yeah. rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, mate? I haven't uh, given it a name, a much thought yet. So now, yeah. what, your best bit of advice for all those amateur brewers out there that want to get to the Rangatronic stage? <laughs> Just give it a go. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a professional or anyway. I'm also an amateur brewer, so. Just give it a go, and if you enjoy it, you'll enjoy it and keep doing it. If you know it's not for everyone, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's entirely what you want to make of it, you know. So, uh, r- roll with what you want to do and enjoy it. You know what? You've given me advice like, well, you just got to brew more, lazy. Well, if you want to get better at something, what did uh, uh, Justin Langer say, or Brian Lara said to Justin Langer? No. Hey, hey, JL. I've never met anybody that gets better at something doing less of it. That's right. So if you want to get better of it, better at it, do more of it. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple, but very clever, very wise statement. And uh, they're often the best, aren't they? There you have it. I'll tell you what, the agent's going to be knocking on the door first thing tomorrow after this uh, hits the airwaves. But look, we'll deal with the, the extra pressure and fame. And we look towards episode two, which will be coming up very soon. We're looking at it probably a bit of a spring beer. So we'll see if Mick's going to get a Munich Madness out. Who knows what he's going to do next, really. But look, I'll be there along for the ride. And uh, this is Backshed Brewing signing out. I like beer, baby.